Welcome to the Xavier's Dream Podcast. I am your host, Rain of House X and Adjacent Powers 10. <laughs> Rain Coleman, I am your host. And uh, this is the Carefree Black Nerd examination of the newest dawn of X-Men. Guys, we are winding the freak down. Today is Xavier's Dream, episode 11, House of X. Six of six. This is I Am Not Ashamed. Let, I don't even know where to begin. Um, This show, as well as the rest of the Carefree Black Nerd um, programming, is available on all your podcast listening platforms. Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, BYNKRadio.net. Please go check it out. Make sure to um, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and a five-star rating that does help with the algorithm to get this show seen uh, or heard, rather, by other people. I would like to make it onto some sort of list. Um, Well, let's be specific. The top 100 list. Uh, But yeah, so this is what we have perfect. No, what is? But it's a start. And a good one. Bruh. Okay. Krakoa. One month ago. Moira's No Space. Professor X's Secret Cradle. So remember the No Space. I believe is the space in Krakoa. Where even not Krakoa can um, sense or know is there. Or whatever. This is that one blind step into the abyss my friends. Our proverbial leap of faith. Once we do this there will be no turning back. Total commitment is what's required here, and so are we agreed. This is Charles. Now, mind you, in these panels, we never see Charles's face. Like, we saw him in the last issue, but we never see his face. We see him from behind in his all-black um, get-me-bodied outfit. I don't know if Hickman is taking a cue from Game of Thrones and other such political dramas, but man... He's giving us something. So Moira, Eric, and Charles are in a room. They agree, of course. Charles continues, very well. Magneto interrupts. Charles, yes, Eric. He puts his hand on his shoulder. Gets a little close. He says, look. Whatever has been there between us over the years, all our disagreements, all the anger at the other's relentless ideology and unyielding persistence, that is ends today you have my word Charles puts his hand on Eric's hand which again guys clearly these two motherfuckers are in love they're they are in my head canon they are lovers period (laughs) so Charles puts on his new enhanced Cerebo helmet and much like what he did with the mutants of the world he says Humans of the planet Earth, I am the mutant Charles Xavier, and I bring you a message of hope. Remember, guys, this is a month ago. In the coming days, you will learn of several far-reaching pharmaceutical breakthroughs that have been discovered by mutant scientists. These drugs extend human life, heal diseases of the mind, and will prevent or cure most common maladies. Influenza. Alzheimer's, ALS, many cancers, gone overnight. These drugs will make life on this planet better, remarkably so. 
All this we have made for you. In the past, they would have been a gift, something freely given by me to you because I believe it would create harmony between our two people. That was my dream, harmony. But you have taught me a harsh lesson. That dream was a lie. You see, all I ever wanted was peace between humans and mutants. All I ever wanted was to love you and for you to love us. Now, while he's giving this speech, we're paneling over so many different human interactions. We have a family that's at a uh, love a loved one's bedside. We have a boardroom meeting full of people. We have what looks like maybe a uh, branch of the government, like a security place. I don't know. Then we get over to... Ha, the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, and Doctor Strange. I have to say, I know this cannot be merely accident, merely, oh, let's just show the people in this world. There has to be something intentional. We are talking about Hickman. Charles continues, We wanted to save you, and we did many times, but in return, all you did was stand by while evil men killed our children. I'm going to repeat that for those of you in the back. We wanted to save you, and we did many times, but in return, all you did was stand by while evil men killed our children. Bruh, there was just a verdict rendered on a trial. This is going to date this podcast, but it is what it is. Dallas, Texas, Mr. Botham Jean, who was gunned down by Amber, the police officer, So again, with that in mind, I'll read this to you. We wanted to save you and we did many times, but in return, all you did was stand by while evil men killed our children. Mm -mm -mm. Over 16 million of them. So there will be no gift for you have not earned it. We will, however, let you pay for it. In return for two things, We will provide you with the means to have a better life, one without pain or suffering and full of hope, and it will cost you so little. First, you must accept the island of Krakoa as the nation-state of all mutants on this planet. We will happily go through the same process as any newly formed nation with the UN, but there is an expectation that our sovereignty will be recognized. Mm. Second, all mutants by birth can claim Krakoan citizenship. Now, I think it's very important that we focus on what he said here, mutants by birth, because I believe um, by the standards of mutation, the Hulk, Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, Captain America are all mutants in the sense that they have been mutated to be what they are today. They are not mutants by birth. Um, With the Fantastic Four in mind, um, Franklin Richards is, however, a mutant by birth. He has the X gene. Okay. Uh, Same as Doctor Strange. He is not a mutated person who uh, has a gene through birth. Continuing. And with that citizenship, we expect a period of amnesty. So that those who have been singled out as criminals or punished and imprisoned by humans can overcome man's bias against mutants. From this day forward, mutants will be judged by mutant law, not 
Mans. Oh, what a time to be alive. So for the next few panels, we're going uh, to Karima and as well as Dr. Gregor and her husband. Oh, man. Okay. These are our simple demands and they are not negotiable. In return for making our lives better, we will do the same for you. And if you find yourself asking, who are these mutants to think they can dictate terms to us? We are the future. An evolutionary inevitability. The earth true inheritors. You closed your eyes last night, believing the world would be yours forever. That was your dream. And like mine, it was a lie. Here is the new truth. While you slept, the world changed. Rah! Ah! Yo! Get him! You can't tell me that Xavier did not drop the fucking bomb. He dropped the bomb on me, baby. He dropped the bomb on me. <laughs> Yo, so he pretty much told you, fuck you motherfuckers. Fuck you motherfucker. You think you're slick. You've been out there trying to kill our fucking kids and shit. And we've been standing around saving your bald head asses. Now we got some shit that you want. If you want it, leave us the fuck alone. Like, ah, oh, this is so good. This is why I don't understand. Like, if this isn't your type of story and you just don't like the story, cool. I get that. But what I don't get is not realizing how good of a story this is. How much, okay, how looking at the canon of X-Men, this, how can you not recognize that this is the very next step? Look at any marginalized group of people in the real world. Once they were fed up and had the means and the power, and even sometimes when they didn't, they rose up. There were riots. There was pushback against laws that were unjust. People were fighting back. Why in the fuck wouldn't the mutants do the same thing? Why? Like, it makes absolutely no sense. I'm supposed to keep reading years and decades worth of stories where X-Men are being hunted and tried and people trying to kill them, but then we keep saving these humans. It just, it just, it's the next logical step in the evolution of the storytelling when it comes to the mutants. Like, why in the fuck would I sit around and let you keep killing our children? Like... Man, okay, this issue, Jonathan Hickman, the writer, Pepe Larza as the artist, phenomenal job. That man has outdone his fucking self. Uh, Marte Garcia and David Carell as the color artist. VCs Clayton Cowles as the letterer, Tom Mueller as the designer. Bruh, House of X, issue six, I am not ashamed. So, we move on to the Quiet Council of Krakoa. Now, in this issue, we get more names. They aren't redacted like before. So, <clears throat> the Quiet Council of Krakoa. Autumn. Number one, Professor X. Number two, Magneto. Number three, Apocalypse. Mm. Winter. Number four, Mr. Sinister. Number five, Exodus. Number six, Mystique. <laughs> Spring. Black King Sebastian Shaw. 7, 8, White Queen Emma Frost, 9, Red King Redacted, Summer, 10, Storm, 11, Jean Grey, 12, Nightcrawler, The Krakoa, 
would be 13, Cypher, and 14, Krakoa itself. Now, the great captains. Now, guys, remember back to House of X or Powers of Ten issue number one, where we were mentioned the fall of the mutantdom and the leaders. I'm assuming the Quiet Council are those leaders. Uh, the great captains. While the Quiet Council is the recognized ruling authority on Krakoa, when there is a state-related excursion or in times of conflict or war, the great captains of Krakoa assume the responsibility of defending the state. In the field, a captain has total control. Among the captains, the captain commander is considered first among equals. So, I think I'm a bit confused. And you guys let me know. You said hashtag Xavier's Dream Pod or XDPod. The great captains, is it everyone on the council or is it the first listed in the council? And then being in the field, are we to assume that whoever, in whatever season it is, the three legs of that season are in control, but the head is the captain? So maybe at least one person is in the field. I'm very confused. I'm sure it'll be explained later. But if you guys understood this or understood it differently from me, please let me know. Twitter, Carefree Blurred, use that hashtag XDPod or Xavier's Dream Pod. Now, there are some additional numbers that got me all kinds of fucked up 15, 16, 17, and 18 in order are Cyclops, Gorgon, Bishop, and Magic. So, what the hell is this? So, we get this chart that lists the uh, council, the 12, and then we have 13 and 14, which is uh, Cypher and Krakoa, of course. So, they count, but they don't, they're not included in the 12. But we have the 15, 16, 17, and 18. Is this the court? Like, who are these? Whoever it is, I'm happy that Bishop is on board. Like, he's listed. You know, we get some more color up in there. But who is that? Okay, so moving on. Krakoa now. So we have Krakoa, which, oh, it, this is beautifully drawn. Looks like Grandmother Willow and, ah, so we have Sinister, Paris, and Nightcrawler, and I think Emma, they're walking, pretty much everyone's walking in, but in this frame we get them. And then we get this wide shot of Krakoa with Xavier, Magneto, and Apocalypse sitting, and Doug Cypher sitting in Krakoa's um, branches. Welcome and please be seated, says Xavier. Family, Nightcrawler, Marvel Girl Storm, friends, Empty Seat, White Queen and Black King, and allies, Nathan, uh, Mr. Sinister, Paris, and um, Mystique. Whenever you're ready, Douglas. So Xavier turns to them, and I love the way we have this four-panel page laid out the 12, uh, the Quiet Council, which I love that name too, the Quiet Council. Like, that is dope, man. Hickman, mm, you did that. So Doug speaks to Krakoa, and I like that he's a necessity. Like, Doug has to be... Um, Doug has to be uh, in on these meetings because he's, he translates with Krakoa. Um, he says, release the hounds in Krakoan. I wonder what that'll sound like on screen. But anyways, Nightcrawler says, ah, so first it appears that our first order of business is the oldest kind of the planet, Judgment. So for those of you following along at home, remember we had Sabretooth arrested by the Fantastic Four, housed in a prison, released by Emma Frost and the Cuckoo Sisters, and never to be seen from again until now. We see that he has been held in containment in like a water bubble 
Um, Krakoa releases him and drops him in the middle of the middle, the middle of this council. Somebody better start talking or things are gonna get red and quick like. What is this? <laughs> so Magneto takes his helmet off. Magneto is so regal to me. I um and this this issue really helped. He looks so authoritative, so political. He gives me a Lannister vibe. He says this this is the establishment of a nation, ours, and I would have it be first of its laws. Oops, said that wrong. I would have it be one of laws, okay. But not the old laws of man, the new ones of mutants, which is why we have called the council's first meeting. I cannot say that everyone here best represents the ideas of what any society should be based on, but that it is... Jesus Christ, I can read y'all. <laughs> uh, but, <it laughs> but be that as it may, it falls on us to establish the laws of the land. Now, I really like Sinister. I tweeted about this. I am a fan. I know in the history that we've been presented with, he fucks us over as mutants later on. But this new iteration of Sinister, this sassy, clearly queer Fabulous bone structure, good ass fashion sense, snarky, sarcastic. I love this sinister. It, it again is something that it seems like was right there all along. Hickman feels like a fan of these characters, a fan of these stories. Huh. So again, Xavier says, I cannot say that everyone here best represents the ideals of what any society should be based on, but be that as it may, it falls on us to establish the laws of the land. Sinister stupid ass is, is he talking about me? If he is, I don't care. I won't be ignored. I have ideas. Nobody puts Sinister in the corner. Nobody. <laughs> Homeboy's like, speak to me again and do so at your own peril. To which Sinister says, okay, just a suggestion, but mutant on mutant violence, killing a mutant against the law, throw the man in mutant jail. So, I like Sinister, period. Until he give me a reason not to, I like his sassy ass. So Apocalypse chimes in. How could it be a crime to kill someone who cannot be killed? How will anyone, any of you, know that you are fit and worthy if you are not tested? To which Storm replies, you can be serious. To which Marvel Girl interjects. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he is. But if we're arguing about the highest of ideals... If the goal is greatness and purpose, and if our undertaking is to have worth, then I think the opposite would be true. The highest crime would be killing someone who cannot come back. It would be a mutant killing a human. So, in this issue, we are essentially establishing the laws of Krakoa. We are establishing the council and how they'll be making decisions. And if they'll continue on, if maybe a new form of government will come into place. If they will have a president, like do they have any need for it? Again, we're not following man's laws. So though it is a bit medieval, we're going back to some different things. We have the council of the 12, the Nikolai council. Um, so what Mystique says is a very you know valid point. And what do we do when they come for us we aren't going to do everything we can to defend ourselves magneto that's the old argument of is it murder if it is done in defense of a nation and we're not talking about that we will have to deal with that at some point yes of course but this is not that gene is right so again i like that we're breaking that down we are dealing with something specific 
Yes, in the future, clearly this is going to be a year's run, years on years on years. We will have to deal with that. But right now, we're talking about this one specific thing. So, Charles says, I also see no fault in it. Does anyone have an argument otherwise? So, everyone chimes in. While they're talking about the fate of Sabretooth, he says, Oh, I see how it is. You're going to make an example out of me. Well, that goes both ways, meat. I'm going to cut you into little pieces. He stops. Why? Because Emma says, Quiet. We see her using her telepathy. Uh, uh, little pieces and uh, the quiet. That's Marvel Girl. Now, is Marvel Girl stronger than Emma? Hmm. Is Emma holding back? Is Emma not as strong? I think that with this panel here, we have both of them using their powers uh, together to quiet Sabretooth. You can't say that Emma isn't powerful. We know Jean is the Omega level, but we also know that Emma has power. She can whoop some ass. She did not strain when she said quiet. Her powers, they did what they had to do. Much like with Jean. Jean's a bit more intense. I think she's a bit angrier. Um, and it's more or less, I'm helping out another member of the council. So that I'm not sure what is being said, but I, every panel that's on screen, on screen, on page, I'm not going to take it lightly. I'm not taking anything as an accident. So he shuts down and here goes Nathan with his sassy ass. I have to say it's the drool that truly brings the whole outfit together. This is fun. What's next? Somebody shocked me. And it's, <laughs> this motherfucker is gay. I love it. He is queer. He is here. Get used to it. <laughs> this motherfucker. So the Black King is like, okay, we're talking about property rights, wealth, currency, and a few things. Uh, and so he's interrupted by uh, Cypher, who says, and this is very important, excuse me, small point needs to be made. Krakoa is alive, not a place or a biome, a person. Fauna, not flora. So, I'd be careful how hard you want to lean into the whole property rights thing. So, what I like about this issue, though it's not a lot of action going on, what we're getting towards the end of this run is the establishment of laws. We've already seen what the X-Men have gone through in the future. We've seen what Moira has gone through to get us to this point. We've seen us kind of get here in this specific place a few times through the many, many lives of Moira X. We are to believe that this is going to be the life, I think life 10 or 11, that actually um, works, that gets it right. You know, that in the back of our minds. I like that we also address the fact that, again, Krakoa is a living island. Krakoa is not just some random inanimate thing. All these wonderful things, like Krakoa is all up and through this book and this new universe. There is no House of X or Powers of Ten without Krakoa. So I do like that. To which Storm replies, Of course, Douglas, but the idea of home comes with possession baked in, doesn't it? Perhaps if you want to own a place, it has to be out there, in the world. No one has said we have to run from it. Emma um, includes, interjects? Emma says... <laughs> And none of that touches any number of broader economic concerns. But we're not going to settle those today. They have complications. Still, the boy raises a good point. This place is an Eden to us. Life-giving, nurturing. It lives, and through it, so do we. If there is mutant ground that is 
Sarko saying, I can read y'all. <laughs> this is it. There is honor to be had in lifting it up. Well said, Paris. So that was Paris who said that. And well said is Xavier. <laughs> On this, can we also agree? Yes. Good. So this mystique is fucking with her son. She says, but before we're done here, we have yet to hear from the righteous among us. I like that. He is <laughs> so smugly, she says, surely the mutant who has faith in one greater than you, Charles, has something foundational to share. Tell us, Kurt. Where is your foolish providence in all this? Where is your God's wisdom? So he thinks for a second, and I'm not going to attempt an accent. He says, hmm. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Isn't obviously, isn't it, Raven? We need to make more mutants. So he says, I couldn't agree more. That's Xavier. He said, as of today, from now until the end of time, these are the first laws of our nation. Bruh, make more mutants, murder no man, respect this sacred land. Now, the make more mutants part, I know we have our husks, our cradle locations where there are the bodies of the living mutants and deceased. But does that mean make more mutants? Because you... You can't make more mutants that way. You're just kind of recopying the same uh, person. But are they saying, like, be fruitful, like, go out and, and, and have sex and multiply? I'm curious. So, and with those laws decided, we must decide what to do with you, Mr. Creed, who has broken them. Okay, this, I'm with them. But, like, how you, he broke this law before y'all, like, <laughs> made the laws. But then... At the same time, Scott did talk to the Fantastic Four. And he said, you know, we'll handle Creed our way. You know, with mutants, we create our own. So there's some gray area there. But he says, do we believe that giving you one last chance benefits our new society? Or are we better served by making an example of you? That no one is above mutant law. Magneto continues, or chimes in <laughs> i gave you strict instructions when i sent you on your mission and you did not listen you made your bed creed let your sleeping in it serve a higher purpose agreed apocalypse chimes in so long pack light safe travels far away lands that is of course my fave sinister guilty says paris Ugh, just get this over with that's mystique it shades me but i agree nightcrawler yes marvel girl this is a sentence long past due. Storm. Oh, absolutely. That is Emma. I don't care. Fine. Yes, that is the Black King. You think I'm just going to take this? I'm making a list and now you're on it. Along with your kids and then their kids. I will make your line extinct. Are you listening to me? So, Sabretooth runs. Xavier calmly says, Douglas. And Douglas speaks to Krakoa. He says, bad news. It looks like the leniency is out the window. I guess you know what to do. Krakoa uses their, their branches to grab onto Graydon, Graydon Creed, Lord Jesus, Victor Creed, and starts pulling him into the earth. The entire time, Charles says, you have been found guilty and so will be sentenced. 
let me go, motherfucker. (laughs) The problem, however, with sentencing you for your crimes is that we cannot send you back to the world. And as we tolerate no prisons here on Krakoa, that leaves us with very few choices. Especially since Capital Solutions would bring you into resurrection protocols. Instead, this will be your fate. Stasis. Deep inside Krakoa, alive but immobile. Aware but unable to act on it. And for how long? Forever, Creed. For that is how long mutant justice lasts. No! <laughs> this is so sad. Like, yeah, he's a horrible person, but y'all are, like dragging this motherfucker to the middle of the earth and leaving him there in a very get out type of scene. Perhaps one day a time might come when you have an opportunity to redeem yourself. But that time is not now, and until it is, you are exiled. So, this is interesting. There are no prisons. Uh, There's no capital punishment because you would fall into the resurrection protocols. So, you have all these bodies of Creed just out there in the world that will not be used. You have him stuck in the middle of the earth. This can come back to bite them in the ass and stay like a later arc somewhere where the Krakoa is attacked or somebody finds their way into this no space and he's resurrected or, or not resurrected. That's the wrong use of words. He's he's saved or rescued or whatever. Um, let's also keep in mind with um, with this, how many people will be banished to this place? Let's say you put, I don't know. 40 people down there exiled in that way who's to say that they don't connect with one another do you lose your mutant power when you're stuck in this stasis like it's a lot a lot of questions this is a wonderful thing that happened in the story but it brings about a lot of questions so we got a wide shot of the 12 we see xavier turn towards everyone and he says it's distasteful i know this business of running a nation. I pray that we never get used to it, that we never grow cold from it, that we never learn to love it. So while he's saying all this, there is more. Everyone is getting up and walking away. They're walking outside to where there is this celebration going on. He continues. It's been said that when a parent has a child, they never get a good night's rest again. Well, I have had millions of children, and I haven't slept in decades. I may never sleep again. Now, the same may be true of you, but they will. Now, while you're doing this, you see this, like, festival-looking situation where it's fireworks and different colors and fires and celebrating and dancing. And what I'm hoping or what I'm thinking is going to happen with this run is that we're going to get a clear answer to who's older and who's younger because on the sliding timeline it seems like every mutant just is 25 forever uh with the five and the resurrection protocols and all that this is a logical way that we can accept that everyone will be 25 forever because i can when you die i can resurrect you and bring you back to your optimal age body power set and all of that so when we do get to 12 years later and we still have these Hickman ideals and books running throughout the place it won't be crazy that 
Jean Grey is still 25 and that Jubilee is still 25 when they are decades apart from one another uh, in age, you know, because we have the resurrection protocols. So we see Banshee, we have Siren, and Siren running up to Allison Blair, uh, Dazzler, who's using her powers, which will be amplified because Siren is using her sonic screen. Beautiful. In soft fields of lush green, staring at the stars and dreaming of a future where they hold those stars in their hands, this is what we will give them. A home, a nation, and someday in the future, the world. I believe in what we are doing. I believe the world will be better for it. And that is reason enough to carry this burden. In fact, that's more than that. It's reason to celebrate it. Now, in this, I'm going to give you my tears of joy. After Allison and Siren, we see uh, Angel, Archangel. We see Bobby Drake, Iceman. We see Hank McCoy, Beast. Um, Angel being Warren, Warren Worthington III. We see Paris uh, with fire, entertaining children, little kids, maybe like elementary school age. We see the uh, famous love triangle, Jean Grey, Logan, and Scott Summers. They're all sharing a six-pack of beer. We see Logan uh, walking away. And it looks like, and I know this isn't Jubilee, but I don't know who this girl is to the left of this panel with uh, these purple, pinkish powers coming from her hands. But Logan is walking up to that person who I mentioned last episode who has the, like Japanese garb, like the role. I don't know who that is. Um, and he has that person a beer. Now, in the panel before, oh, we see Angelo and Everett Thomas. Skin in sync. When I tell you, I had the most visceral, heavy, emotional reaction to seeing them on panel. Now, I've said before, and I'll say it again, comic books, I love them. I have not had emotional reactions to them since my childhood. I've had, I was like, oh, these are good stories, or oh, I like this, I like that. I had tears in my eyes. Generation X ran from 1994... No, 1997 to 2001. Four? Four or seven? I don't know. Either way, that was the book that was my X-Men. That was my New Mutants. That was my core X-Men book. With that, we lost Everett Thomas. We lost him in the most bullshit-ass way through an explosion where he was too far from Monet to sync up to her abilities. Just some bullshit. We saw him again uh, murdered on the lawn of the X-Mansion. Him and Angelo crucified. We saw him resurrected, I believe, on Utopia. And used um, for a while, not long. He has never been treated right after that. I had tears in my fucking eyes. Like I am not gonna hold it. I like this man. This is the the character that I imprinted on. This is the person 
who I was my entry person. Like everyone has that team or that book or that property from their childhood. That's like, this is mine. Like this is it. And it's why, you know, to their point, not to excuse anyone, but it's why a lot of people get frustrated and upset when they see their things, quote unquote, being changed. But fuck all that. This man, I have gone a decade and some change, almost two, 20 years without this man. Do you not know? This has been, this was my surrogate into comics. He was a black boy with powers at a time where I was an adolescent. I was a little kid. I was somebody who was into these books and enjoyed the fantastical nature of them all. But to have a book that was quiet, down to earth, and still had adventures, but with people who were closer in my age who I could latch on to, this is like nostalgia personified for me. So to have Angelo and Everett back in the panels of these books. Again, like I said on Twitter, whatever book Everett is in, I am buying every month, hands down, come hell or high water. I might not get them all, but if he is in a book, I'm getting it, like period. And I love that Hickman has brought him back. Hickman has clearly shown that he and I have a lot of the same taste and that he does appreciate what I am getting, or excuse me, what the things that he is giving to us. He also is a fan of Generation As You can't tell me that he ain't because look at what he's done. Um, I will say that this celebration that we're seeing seems to be Sinister Secret 8, I believe, 8 or 9, about Homeboy returning and there being Sparks and these old friends and lovers and whatnot. I think this is it. But, I, bruh, I'm... All of us... To me, my Generation X-Men... All of you under the sound of my voice who have been fans of Generation X, who have known that we have been in pain and suffering for so long and we finally have our folks all back together, tweet me. Use the hashtag Xavier's Generation X. Xavier's Generation X. Like, I, I, when you, oh my God, I just, y'all, it has been so long. I don't, man. I don't know. I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> so, that being said, um, thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Um, Charles ends it with, just look at what we have made. And this is why I say Charles and Eric are queer. They lovers. Them boyfriends. <laughs> um, it's beautiful. So, again, guys, we have one issue left. I don't know if this issue is going to be a bunch of hell and shit and terrible things happening and everybody fire and brimstone or it's going to be a quite little like button to these 12 issues um i don't know uh i, I don't know i don't know I, I don't know what to expect i don't know what to expect i'm just happy that we have my boy back both of them i'm happy that we, and I wonder if he's going to be in the New Mutants. Like, because I say this because we've gotten the first cover for every book coming out of Dawn of X. And Chamber was on the cover, and I want to say Jubilee. I don't have it in front of me, guys, so forgive me. But could Everett and Angelo be in that book? But so as not to spoil it for everyone while we're reading through House and Powers of X, were they just not included on the cover of the first one? Like, I wonder. Um... Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. So, yeah, okay. So, uh, we get a map of Krakoa. We get Krakoa itself, and then in relation to the rest of the world, where it's kind of to the top left of Africa, 
um, between America and South America and all that good shit. Um, and then we have another point of Krakoa. So we have the Atlantic. Uh, and then we have Krakoa Pacific. One is House of X. Two, House of M. Three, Arbor Magna. This is the resurrection site. Four, Arena. Five, Academos Habitat. Six, Transit. That's the main transit. Seven, the Oracle. Eight, the Grove. Nine, the Cradle. Ten, the Reservoir. Eleven, the Wild Hunt. Twelve, Carousel. Thirteen, Bar Sinister. Hey. Fourteen, Hellfire Bay. Fifteen, the Red Keep. Sixteen, Blackstone. Seventeen, the White Palace. I'm sure that's Emma. Eighteen, has not been disclosed. 19, Transit, that is the Atlantic and Pacific Transit. 20, The Point. 21, Danger Island, that is for training. So we're still going to get things training, uh, whatever. We're still going to get us some fighting. We still, we not, we know that the humans will be coming for us. And we do, not just knowing it like, oh, they're bad people, but we also know with the Orkies protocol and all that other information that we've collected that they're coming for us eventually. Whew, just look at what we have made. Y'all, I'm a fan. So, one more installment in this House of X Powers of Ten saga of sorts, which I think collectively it's been a month in real time. Like, maybe two or three months. Not including the far future and the far past things. Like, current, modern time. I think it's been about a month and some change. Guys, this has been Xavier's Dream Pod. Let me know uh, what you think. Has Xavier's Dream been fulfilled? Has it been deferred? Has it been realized? Or no? Tell me. Use that hashtag Xavier's Dream Pod or XD Pod. Let me know how you are feeling, you mutants and proud. Uh, did you like this issue? Did you agree with me? Did you disagree? Mm-hmm. Hit me up on Twitter, Carefree Blurred. Hit me up on all other social medias, Carefree Black Nerd. I am Rain Coleman, of course. And you can find the show on most all social media, most all podcasting platforms. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, BYNK Radio, Player FM, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, make sure to leave a rating and a review, five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Help me show up in that algorithm. Um, hit me up on Twitter, Carefree Blurred, of course. And if you need to email me, if you want to have your voice on the show, we do have this last issue of the saga before Dawn of X. Let me know. Um, CarefreeBlackNerd at gmail.com. Use the subject line, Xavier's Dream, Xavier's Dream Pod, something to that effect. All right, guys. So, I'll leave you with this. Stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and stay quiet.